Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the hosts of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizaki. Welcome to Growing in Grace. My name is Joel Berizaki. My friend Mike Kapler is with me. The program, Growing in Grace, just we're, you know, kind of a casual conversation, just me and my buddy and you, the listener, just join us. Just sit back and, and or keep on working, do whatever you're doing, and, and uh, we're just going to spend about 15 minutes or so just kind of talking about this grace stuff, uh, being dead to the law and being alive in Christ, and, you know, who knows where we'll go, but... Um, Mike, it's good to have you here with me for another edition of Growing in Grace. Hey, Joel. I thought you were going to say something like, uh, you and me and a dog named Boo. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're listening and you know what I'm talking about with that, you are too old to be listening to us. Well, hey, I'm kind of, uh, I'm I'm middle-aged. I mean, if I die when I'm 72... I'm middle-aged, but I do know what you're talking about there. (laughs) (laughs) Although that was before my time. Uh, you can't be classic things, whatever they may be. <laughs> Music, television. Somebody asked me the other day what my favorite television show was. And, you know, there's so many that I've liked, but most of them are old ones. Uh-huh. Black and whites are the best, right? Um, even though uh, most of them were before my time, I like watching them. So I, I kind of said, you know, the, one of the all-around great shows to me was the Andy Griffith show. Oh, yeah. You know, and and then this lady... And she's in her 30s, Joel. She overheard the conversation, and she says, Is that the one where they have the whistling in it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> now I really feel old. Well, over the weekend, my uh, my wife had surgery on Friday, and um, so her mom uh, joined us over the weekend to help take care, to help you know, take care of the house and the kids and, and my wife and everything like that. And um, she doesn't have cable TV, so she doesn't get to see reruns like that. And the Andy Griffith show came on, and oh, you could just see the you know the look on her face was, hey, this is cool, you know, this is great, you know, getting to see this. But you know, you were talking about classics. I thought '80s music was classics, isn't that isn't that right? <laughs> you're, young, you're younger than I thought. <laughs> No, 80s music, that's my time. But anyway. The way I look at it, if, if you were born after the man, the first man walked on the moon, you're pretty clueless in my book. But Hey, I beat it by three months then. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently I'm not clueless. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway. I'll let you off the hook this time. <laughs> well, we, uh, I don't know. Uh, we were kind of just talking before we uh, hit the record button here, and we were kind of talking about the two covenants, um, you know, there was the old covenant in which God had this this covenant with mankind. Well, basic, basically with the Jews. If you, and in short, it's if you do this, you'll receive blessings. If you don't do this, you're going to receive curses. I mean, and basically, it's blessings or punishment according to what you do. Long story short, again, Christ came along. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. We now are in this new covenant. And something that you know we were thinking about is is that a lot of times you know in the church today it's almost as if we're trying to live trying trying to mix the two covenants together. You ever get that sense, Mike? You know that we're kind of it's like you know we see stuff that's written in the Old Testament and we, we're trying to live those things out, but with grace. You know, we, we we believe in grace, but it's like we're trying to live that old stuff out the new way when that's not really what the new covenant's all about. Well, I'm sure many are listening, Joel, that 
have the similar experiences. I mean, I, I probably would have to say that I grew up, and, and I, again, for those who might be new listeners, I, I did become, uh, I came to Christ at a, a pretty young age. In the 1880s? Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm not that old. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was about 10, and, and uh, so it was back in the, in the 70s, but my point being that, that yeah, I, I mean, I, I was taught instantly two covenants. <laughs> uh, the person who led me to Christ, uh, whom I will be forever thankful, by the way, and they were just passing along probably what was told to them. But I remember praying and asking Jesus to come into my life and how good that felt when I was done, even at that young age. I just felt like something really happened. I, I didn't maybe fully understand it, but I knew that I had come into contact with with, with Jesus Christ. And yet, this person was saying, starting to tell me all the do's and don'ts right away. I mean, instantly. And I appreciated that at the time. And that's how I started leading people to Christ. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, well, you, now that you're, you know, you, you just spent however many minutes trying to get them to, you know, pray the sinner's prayer or, or something that, you know, invite Jesus into their heart. You spent all that time telling them it was free. And then once they accepted Christ, We'd start sharing with them the things that they should start doing or not doing. Or if you really blow it, you need to ask God to forgive you again. Um, you confess your sins and, and those kinds of things. And so, I, yeah, I mean, mixing the two covenants, I think most people who attend church probably hear messages every week where you, you get the two um, sort of put into the, into the same blender and mixed up. And then we drink that stuff and mm. get confused. Yeah, and it, and it makes life hard. I mean, if if you, I th you know, the reason, getting back to the whole reason that Christ came and and went on the cross. I mean, he was God in 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 his fullness, and he emptied himself of all that, and and came to be one of us, came to be a man. And it, the problem was that in that old covenant, it was man's job to struggle and to strive to keep this, to to, to keep the commandments, to do it right, to get this right, or you're going to be punished. And you, know, you get the benefit of you get these yearly sacrifices where your sins can be covered. But really, as we've talked about before, in those sacrifices, there was really just a, a reminder of sins. It wasn't like it took sins away. This the, the sacrifice of Christ, when he was on that cross, he became sin for us. And when he was on there, it's not like he was thinking, all right, now I'm on this cross, I'm dying for their sins, now they're going to start doing everything right. It's, I, I believe it's more like Christ was up there saying, finally, these people can rest. These people, God's children who I love, they can rest and they can be free from the struggling and the striving. They can have a life full of rest and peace. Rest, rest from the works of trying to struggle to keep the commandments and peace with God. It's not, not that life will always be completely restful as far as your body always getting the physical rest that you want or desire or that you, your life is full of peace. I mean, if you've got children, uh, maybe some little ones or even some teenage kids that, you know, they play the music or whatever, maybe you're not going to have that kind of peace, but peace with God and rest from the struggling and striving to keep yourself right with him. Well, Jesus Christ, being the Lamb of God, he was without spot or blemish. He, he had never sinned. And that's what makes this plan so perfect, which was originated probably back before time began. We see a little bit of it in the very beginning of Genesis, even, 
we even get to see that God had a plan for, for mankind, already fallen mankind, back when Adam and Eve sinned. And, you know, Joel, I, I've had, I probably have said this myself, but I, I know I've heard other people say, you know, that, that should have been me up on that cross. Jesus took my place. It should have been me. He shouldn't have been up there. Well, that sounds good and it sounds right. But you know what? The problem is that you or I being up on the cross wasn't going to bring the redemption that was necessary. It, it had to be Jesus. It, it had to be him. Uh, you know, in other words, by us going up on the cross instead of Jesus and going through some sort of terrible suffering and punishment for our sins so that we could suddenly be cleansed, it wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. It'd just be another death like any other death. Right, and we couldn't have taken it. We couldn't have taken that punishment. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we, if we... Christ took the full the full wrath of God upon himself. We couldn't have done that. You know, and, and when you talk, speak of this, it reminds me of something else, you know, uh, and, and not to put down the person who sang this song, but does he still feel the nails every time I fail? Of course not. He, he died once and for all. He took the wrath of God upon himself one time for all. And so at that time when Jesus was on the cross, the full wrath of God was poured out upon him. The sins of all mankind were poured upon him. He became sin for us. So that not, you know, if if Jesus still felt the nails every time we failed, that means he's crucified over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, billions upon billions upon trillions upon trillions of times. But he died once and for all, so you can rest secure and free in the finished work of Christ, the final sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice, once and for all. Jesus took it all upon himself, and we. As a benefit of this, we've received the gift of the righteousness of Christ. Mm. You know, uh, I'm looking at uh, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. Uh, the Bible says, Now he, he being Christ, he has obtained a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. So we started out talking about the old versus the new covenant. Um, here, the writer of Hebrews tells us that uh, not only is it a new covenant, it's a better covenant. It's established upon better promises. And I look at the old covenant, Joel, and I, I see a lot of pretty cool stuff in there. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of great promises from God for the Jewish people and for those who, who, who believed in, in that covenant. And yet now, under this new covenant, it is so much better. The promises are better because it's been, uh, you know, it's been established in Christ, and and not just in what we do and or what we don't do, uh, not just based on our actions. And and I think that's important to remember because, you see, I, I think so many times we think that the covenant is based on how well we keep it, but the covenant. And, and, and the uh, the validity of this covenant is, is really based on what you were just talking about, Joel, the finished work of Christ. It's, uh, the, the, in other words, the the covenant is it, it's it's up to God to keep this covenant intact. It's not up to me. The covenant that I have with Him, you know, if if it were dependent upon me to keep it, uh, I'd be doomed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the one who has to keep the covenant. And, of course, that's 
been taken care of with the blood of Jesus Christ. And and that's what was the what was the problem with the old with that first covenant as you were reading there in Hebrews 8:6. It's it's a better covenant established on better promises and the next verse uh, Hebrews 8:7 for if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second, because finding fault with them, in other words, God found found fault with the people. The problem with the first covenant was that God kept, God did keep his part of the covenant, but people didn't, and there was no way that they could. That was the fault. That was what was wrong. That was why the second covenant was needed, the new covenant, because people are at fault. God is perfect in, in all that he does, but if God ever makes a covenant with people, and he knows this, and he did this on purpose for a reason, to show us something, but he, the, you know, he found fault with people, and so this second covenant, as you're talking about, is a covenant between God, the Father, and God, the Son. Both parties of this covenant kept their part faithfully, and were the beneficiaries of it. We're running out of time, and, uh, I don't know if you have anything else to add to that. Oh, on the next program, my friend, on the next program. <laughs> well, there's always the next program. <laughs> By the way, this is our 75th program. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this just doesn't seem like, like it should be because when we started this, we, you know, we, we didn't know how far this would go. But uh, we do appreciate you listening uh, and uh, sticking with us throughout uh, our programs, our short little programs. We'll be back again with you next time. More talk then about Growing in Grace. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzicki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ.